I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickards. Your last name is Rickard? And we are the hosts of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickards. And this is Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast with Jen on the ether. Hi. <laughs> Poor Woody is so confused on what's oh, going on right now. <laughs> Where am I? Our guest I this is, week. The is, wind just happened. <laughs> Woody Thompson, thank you for being here, number one. Thanks for having me. Uh, so you we're talking about the pop-up video episode of News Radio. Yes, we are. How long have you worked on pop-up video? I mean, from the beginning? From the beginning. All right. I was. Uh, Let's get your history with the show yes, and the history please. of the show. Yeah. So uh, I was the co-creator of the show. Mm-hmm. Um myself and this guy Tad Lowe mm-hmm. um, and we brought the show to VH1 in 1995 okay. made the air in 1996 um, and I believe this episode was in 1998 mm-hmm. right right yeah. at the height of pop-up which took a little bit uh, of time to grow and then for other people for the entire industry to rip us off uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah. so news radio actually is we are fond of and we were always fond of uh, because they came to us and had us produce the show okay. most people mm-hmm. just ripped us off or talked to VH1 yeah, yeah. and said we're gonna do this anyway stay uh, steer clear uh-huh. give us the graphics uh-huh. and that really set us off <laughs> um, but pop up was this, you know, pop up is an interesting show because it's not really a show. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just simply commentary on other people's work. Right. And at the time, Tad and I, Tad was a um, correspondent at MTV News in the okay. Tabitha mm-hmm. Soren mm-hmm. era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was working at Nick News, uh, really? W5 with Linda Ellerby. Okay. And he and I connected on this late night show that Brandon Tartikoff did called Last Call that was before Carson Daly. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started a production company called Spin the Bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'd both never produced a show before, never executive produced a show, Mm -hmm. had worked on lots of shows, and spent a couple of years in New York, uh, longer than I wanted, like a year and a half, trying to pitch shows to every network. And came out here a couple times and tried pitching out here. Nobody was buying from us. And through a connection of a connection at MTV News that Tad knew, this guy John Sykes, who had just taken over VH1 to turn it back into a music channel. And I don't know if you remember, but they spent $2 million uh, removing the hyphen. There was a, it was VH hyphen one. Yeah. And this brilliant uh, graphic designer came in and said, what if we get rid of the hyphen (laughs) and then put music first (laughs) under Mm -hmm. the logo and we will be music first and MTV, which was starting to get into real world, Mm -hmm. starting to get into Mm -hmm. non-music programming because they knew ahead of VH1 that nobody watched music videos anymore. And we were through the 80s, we were Mm -hmm. midway through the 90s and music videos were dying and there were too many music genres. There was uh, people who were watching hip hop and rap were not gonna watch a Celine Dion video or a, you know, even uh, old, Billy Idol videos and and none of that right. was really being played anymore. So uh, 
this is a long story, but we went to VH1, pitched them all these shows, and they claimed that they loved our shows. <laughs> but none of our shows had music videos in them. None of them had music at all. They were all news right. and information and comedy mm -hmm. and behind-the-scenes shows. And uh, they had a consultant in the room, the same guy who took the hyphen out. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> uh, and he didn't say a word during our meeting. And... We wrapped up the meeting, we wrapped up this pitch meeting, and they claimed that they loved everything we were doing. They gave us this speech at the end about how we're, yeah, we really love your uh, your tone, we really love uh, you guys and your and what you've worked on. You obviously know the Viacom world mm -hmm. from MTV and sure. from Nickelodeon, um, but we're you're, we're music, and we're we're planning on really relaunching the channel with music. Mm -hmm. That was it. We walked to the elevators. All of a sudden, the guy in the corner <laughs> comes running after us and said, "Look, guys." That was a great meeting. I've been to a lot of these meetings, and they don't say that to everybody. They want you to come back, mm -hmm. but you've got to figure out how to put music videos in your shows. And we hmm. both kind of went bullshit on, <laughs> and we're like, nobody's want. That is a disaster. Yeah. We didn't want to say in the room. Yeah, removing the hyphen probably good idea. <laughs> uh, that was strong, but putting music first on a t on an era when nobody's watching music videos anymore. Right. Probably uh, not the wisest idea. The guy's like, I don't know what to say to you. You're young. You've never produced a show before. If you can figure out how to put music videos in your celebrity show, in your news show, in your comedy show, come back. Mm -hmm. So uh, we went out and uh, got hammered and <laughs> won. And after the kind of, what the, uh, you know, what are they talking about? This is never going to work. None of our shows are going to work. Why would we ever cut to a Gloria Stefan video in the middle of our news show or cut to any video. Mm -hmm. It's dead. Mm -hmm. I get that. So <laughs> it was after, uh, you know, literally after a couple of pitchers of beer, uh, we said, well, what if we, here's the only way to solve the celebrity problem that you can't book anybody to come yep. on a VH1 show. Yep. Can't mm -hmm. get Madonna on the show. Can't get Billy Idol to come on the show. Here's a news show because um, both of us uh, worked in the industry. We knew that the the music video world and uh, the film world came to the music world, which is the most screwed up business of all, uh -huh. <laughs> and the film world, which we all know was was uh, messed up as well. These two come together late night in Brooklyn to create a uh, these music videos, and they make it up as they go along. I had, I had art directed some music videos. Okay. They're a disaster. Mm -hmm. They're an absolute disaster. Nobody tells these stories because nobody really cares. <laughs> and so what if we you know uncover, make it a little bit of a mystery that we unravel, and screw them, we will just play music videos. Let's not, let's not try to pitch them on some other show. We'll just play music videos, and then we'll put little moments of information on top of it. So we called it, we had a little piece of paper, we had like 10 ideas and pop-up video was the last one. And Tad was like, it's like a pop-up book. It's like a kid's pop-up book. Huh. We will, they won't know it, but we'll destroy music videos by <laughs> opening them up and making it childlike as Jacob Dylan is sitting there. Thank you. The wallflowers. <laughs> my favorite one. Doing like a GQ, uh, <laughs> like, where are the music? Where's the Cindy Lauper? Where's her dad? Where are the storylines? Where yeah. are these guys yeah. making fun of themselves? Where's the Lionel Richie hello video? <laughs> um, all these music yes. videos are becoming so serious, so dramatic. Mm -hmm. It's all about hair and makeup. And we are going to uncover them a little bit like a children's book. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, uh, did you know that Bon Jovi, um, you know, he thinks he's rock and roll, but he spent eight hours in hair and makeup. Uh, <laughs> look, it's blown in the wind. So 
Uh, so that was it. And we went back to them and uh, the next week and said, look, guys, we listened to you. Only thing we come up with is screw all the shows. We said, we're just going to play five music videos and, and we'll figure out how it times out to a half hour. And we're going to do a ton of research. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do anything. No hosts, no celebrities, yeah. no shooting, no editing. We need a graphics guy mm-hmm. and we need a team of researchers and we're going to uncover the stories behind these videos. And yeah. we're just going to put little bubbles of information on. And instead of... and. I understood because we had a piece of paper. We were pitching it verbally. They had no idea what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the design for it. Yep. And they said, um, they said at the time they owned Blockbuster. And they uh-huh. said, Ooh. boys, there's one thing we know is that us Viacom um, and the, the, the mothership owns Blockbuster. And we know that nobody runs foreign films because nobody wants to read their TV at night. You know, mm. you're sitting there mm. drunk in your underwear. You're reading TV. Nobody wants to read their TV. It's not, this isn't follow the bouncing ball. Right. This isn't mm-hmm. a lower third that is telling you useless information, a story on top of a music video. We're going to be in it. We're going to be little yeah. tiny. We're going to mm-hmm. be out things, and we're going to be all over the screen. Like a comic book. Yeah. Like a comic book. Right, yeah. right. So we, uh, they said, how much is it going to cost? We said, we looked at each other, we hadn't figured on this question. <laughs> yeah. We are like, it's going to be about $3,000 an episode. Oh, and they were like, they didn't even take time to huddle. They are like, we'll take a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we set up shop at, uh, at VH1 and uh, did TLC Waterfalls uh-huh. and Alanis Morissette, uh, ironic. Uh-huh. And <laughs> we start, it was just amazing because we started talking to um, producers, directors, everybody but the talent. Talent doesn't know anything. They don't, and they're impossible to get a hold of and they would mm-hmm. ruin it. And mm-hmm. we want to be able to make fun of them and we want to be able to say the truth. And both of us, having worked in the business for a long time, knew that. The hairdressers, the limo drivers, the caterers, they know the stories. Mm-hmm. They are the ones. They got nothing to lose. And we're not putting their names on the screen. Sure. So tell us that, you know, the tuna went bad because it was sitting out in the sun all day and someone got violently <laughs> ill uh, in the port john and it kind of destroyed. Like, that's what you remember? That's the story you tell at the cocktail party about Alanis Morissette's ironic? Is the tuna going bad and you throwing up all over the second AD? That's a great story. But isn't that ironic? That, you know, maybe there's a way that we can write it into the story. So that was it. We started making a couple calls and uh, and presented this thing, and and VH1 was not sure what to do with it because it was it was uh, as they said immediately. They said this is not um, we're not comfortable with this. This mm. is snarky, mm. and they use this word snarky, and we're like, yeah, I think that's a good word for it. That it is not what you expect from. A music video channel who has VJs in, you know, Jordash uh, outfits telling you <laughs> about how fantastic these stars are. Uh-huh. This is actually telling you the truth and the underbelly, and it's not going to be pretty. And that's what, if we're going to get people to read and do the work, yeah, you really have to have salacious information in a tone that makes you want to watch the next one and the yeah. next one and the next one. And if it's short enough, because we, God forbid we do more than, a, than eight words, ten words. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If it's short enough, I think we can get people to sit through things they don't want to sit through. We can right. get them to sit through a Boys to Men medley. Mm-hmm. We can get them to sit through old videos and new videos. 
and that was so uh, there's a long extended dance version of what it was but uh we did it we ended up uh not being able to make it for three thousand dollars because <laughs> most of the directors from the 80s were in rehab it took us forever to get in touch with them oh, wow. and to get the real information <laughs> and we had this one we, we had one rule and that is we had to speak to at least two people who were there mm -hmm. and it can't be the producer who who hired the director who sent everybody to the desert to shoot it got to be the person who was there and no matter what level because sometimes the pas were much better than the assistant director because the assistant director did five of these a week mm -hmm. and the yeah, pa yeah. like never working in video again and they they that's this is the story they tell every Everybody, time they yeah. go drinking this aerosmith shoot and mm -hmm. you know so uh, <laughs> so that was so uh so the show came out, and I and instantly VH1 um, started to get calls, uh, literally from fans who said who called up the main number at VH1 and said, "There's something going on on your channel. I don't know if you guys are aware of it. There's a video block, and somebody inside." is messing with it and putting oh, no. these jokes on top nah. of it. And VH1 thought that was hilarious and thought it was scary that their fan base didn't see this as a show. They thought it was a virus, something that Somebody had... hacked into your show. So, yes. <laughs> You're telling me the 90s version of War of the Worlds is pop-up video. That's right. That's right. Holy yeah. shit. That's I have... pretty funny. Oh, my God. We were so stupid. I'm sorry. That's phenomenal. Holy yeah. shit! So you got good word of mouth. Then. Yeah, right. That's what strange word of mouth, but but like on fire word of mouth. So they liked VH1. Didn't like it, or they did like VH1 it. VH1 was really nervous about it because okay. they're a channel that had spent a lot of money to become music friendly. They mm -hmm. were doing the I don't know if you remember the Fashion Awards, which combined oh, yeah, right. rock and roll mm -hmm. and supermodels, and they were uh, they were doing all the award shows, the divas, and they had a Save the Music campaign. And yeah, yeah. They were going to be the place where artists came to be respected. It's mm -hmm. the call. And they had storytellers, <laughs> and they had they had all these shows oh, yeah, right. that were all about. Um, you know, really getting into the behind the music of it, mm -hmm. this is pre behind the music. That's right. Huh? And they weren't willing to tell the ugly stories. They weren't talking about hair pieces. They weren't talking about your drunken rage. They uh -huh. weren't talking about the divorces. They really just wanted to get into the essence of your music, which got zero ratings. And yeah. they they knew that, but they became it almost like Viacom had sacrificed VH1, mm -hmm. saying. Everyone's going to MTV. They mm -hmm. will always go to MTV because it's young and cool and, and hip. Mm. And VH1 will be a place that we can say to the business that, oh, what are you talking about? We play your videos all the time. We talk about you lo very lovingly over uh -huh. here, uh -huh. but nobody's watching. Yeah. So, so Papa Video came along and was telling slightly sorted tales. And I will say that everything that is on the show is uh, had to be double and triple uh, checked. Mm -hmm. So... We had, uh, so everything on the show was true. And for the most part, this is pre-internet, we were just reading uh, books and we were reading articles. Oh, yeah. And Boy George would come out and talk about having sex with John Moss on uh, the set of Karma Chameleon and that those two were lovers and that they had these spats and everybody on the end knew about it. And he would do a full Rolling Stone article about it. And then we would write... Uh, in in pop ups right. that these two are are fucking each other <laughs> and 
And VH1 would come back and be like, you guys can't say that? You can't say that? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're outing Boy George on VH1? What are you talking about? We're outing Boy George? You're not going to let us? So it was really, the, our biggest enemy was VH1, which That's is why, and this will come up as news radio, is like, we had more tension. The artists loved it. Mm -hmm. The record labels grew to love it because we were taking a meatloaf videos, video that was getting a 0.1, a 0.2 if you played it in a video block, and we were getting close to a one so we were right. oh wow we were a huge for the record i remember industry, that like, one getting played a lot actually for yeah. pop up yeah um so we you know it, we could always turn around and say if you make music videos which are ads to sell albums mm -hmm. and we are playing your ad in heavy rotation and it's getting 20 times it's getting 200 times the uh the audience then you can complain all you want yeah. but we're actually helping you For and the sure. artists are helping you and uh, and the more fights that people like Billy Joel and others who couldn't take it, mm -hmm. the better for us. Yeah. And again, it was pre-internet, so we would like write the New York Post. They're like, Billy Joel called last night and complained yeah. about hair piece and a couple of drunk uh, <laughs> jokes that we were making about his driving skills. <laughs> you had so, a lot of artist fans, though, as well, right? Yeah, we did. Like, we, we did. Which was kind of a nightmare um, <laughs> when like Paul Abdul showed up to the offices oh, no. and wanted to help pop her um no. uh what was the what was the one with the cats um opposite oh, track yeah yeah opposite track <laughs> and she's that? like oh my god i got so much good stuff i got so much good stuff oh my god there was like my third or fourth outfit and like the most useless <laughs> okay. information and my writers were sitting there where they're like that is that's gold. That's gold. And uh, <laughs> she's like trying to make poop jokes. And she's like, oh I remember God. I took like three poops. And the, uh, that's the one thing I remember about that <laughs> shoot is that it was a one day shoot and I took three. I'm like, uh, okay, I, I guess we could use it. I'm not sure how to tie it in. But uh, Security. So they, they try to figure <laughs> out how to shit. pop themselves. And it was never uh -huh. really yeah. that clever. Oh so my God. That was always awkward. <laughs> I, I will say you mentioned Jacob Dylan earlier. That is yes. one that stands out to me, if only because the earliest I like the first pop is that he doesn't like being com mentioned in the same sentence with his father. And then you mentioned Bob Dylan about thirty more times. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, right. What a dick move, but a great dick move. Like it's so. Did, did he end up pissed about it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Good. And they uh, and he it was always the back. Like we would we would submit something, and they had very little. Um, they, they really didn't oversee us that well, that much. Uh -huh. And we would submit shows and then something would get rejected and we try to find out why. And you'd realize that it wasn't necessarily our, our network exec or the, or the, uh, internal EP who was overseeing our show. Uh -huh. It was really the head of programming and booking mm -hmm. who had the wallflowers playing at the fashion awards mm -hmm. in three weeks. Mm -hmm. And it was like... Well, what does that have to do with our show? For real. And are we supposed to not touch Jacob Dylan for three? Well, like, what about the day after the fashion awards? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. So they were all, as there are with any network, yeah. you never really understand what the inner workings are. Mm -hmm. And that, and with, especially in the music business combined with TV and the fact that the, you know, the MTV and VH1 got these music videos for free. Mm -hmm. So 95% mm -hmm. of their programming is given to them. Yeah. It costs yeah. absolutely, they're yeah. only making money. Mm -hmm. So the deals that they had with record labels on mm -hmm. how to book and how to put people in shows was really deceiving. Of course. Let's hit my microphone. Yeah, that is That's true. fun. I, I wonder if you just told Jacob Dylan, like, okay, look, 
if you're if you're gonna walk away from this, we're gonna get your dad. He's gonna play. Don't make me call Bob. Don't make me call. <laughs> so you you did mention that your fan you or maybe some of the other staff members too were fans of news radio. Huge fans of news radio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and because news radio to me was like a, a very subtle, very smart sitcom mm-hmm. um, that uh, certainly had an all star lineup, and and I think all of us were huge. Kids in the Hall of Fans. Sure, um, sure, sure. Who wasn't? Uh, and, uh, you know, with um, Phil Hartman and John Lovitz, uh, it was it was a, a great show. I just remember us being, there's a lot of shows that were talking to us about popping the show, popping their show. Mm-hmm. And we, VH1 was, of course, like, oh, oh of course, the guys will do anything. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. had only, we the only thing that we, could hold on to was that you had to go through us yep. and we mm-hmm. had to accept it okay and so i'm trying to remember the shows that we rejected unfortunately we did um sabrina the teenage witch um <laughs> which was forced on us because that was a nickelodeon show all the family had to do that and there were a couple of other cameras but news radio was like oh my god mm-hmm. news radio is like cool yeah and smart mm-hmm. and the thing that worried us, and it, it, as you can see from watching the show, is it doesn't work that well over dialogue. Right. So you're really fighting the show. Mm-hmm. And if it's, if you're going to pop something, you want to see pops all mm-hmm. the time to remind the audience that it's being popped. Uh-huh. But you almost can't do both. You can't watch the show mm-hmm. and also read the pops. Yeah, I had that problem watching it. And it, it's very, it's to me, it's incredibly annoying. And you're asking way too much of an audience, and it kind of goes back to their blockbuster claim in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I can't read the bottom of the screen and yeah. appreciate the movie. I get why foreign films don't work. Mm-hmm. That's why music videos that you've seen a thousand times mm-hmm. that have no dialogue other than lyrics mm-hmm. are the perfect victim for it. Yeah. Um, but you start getting into movies, which we've done quite a few of, and sitcoms especially because they're cut so tight. It's very hard to get another joke in right. on top of their setup to a joke. Sure, and yeah. I was always, I was always the one saying less is more, um, and the fewer times that we go out and we try to pop scripted, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's gonna, the better mm-hmm. it is. It's going to be for us because we were trying to get into other genres and i just felt like sitcoms were the worst possible place for us to be i get that let us do documentaries let us to do let us do long form sure but you do that and you start doing 30 second ads and you're dead i mean it's essentially the same it's just a text version of beavis and butthead or mystery science theater i mean it's essentially this except researched which is the difference the big difference you guys (laughs) had to research your shit right that's nuts and we were trying not to make jokes we were trying to use facts Mm mm-hmm playing off of the visuals and the audio yeah. to make it funny. Yeah. And that was always a rule that we were not, we don't have a writer's room. Mm-hmm. We don't have 25 guys, however mm-hmm. many, mm-hmm. I don't know how many writers are on news radio, but it had to be more than six mm-hmm. um, with four of us. Mm-hmm. So all we can do is use information and use it at the worst possible. They're, they are, they don't even know it, uh, but they're going to walk into this joke. Madonna's going to, walk into this joke yeah, her yeah. lyrics are gonna ironic is gonna be a theme mm-hmm. that is gonna set Alanis up and we're gonna destroy her and she <laughs> is indefensible yeah so that was always the fun of it is trying to outsmart what you were on top of mm-hmm. 
assuming that you've seen it before. Yeah, that was right. the big thing. And things like news radio, which had a big fan base, if you're watching it for the first time, we're kind of in trouble. Of course, yeah. At least, at least this is like the year. This is like a year later almost than when that the the first this episode aired, though. Yeah. The, oh yeah, that before. is the so bonus. At least, there. Uh, yeah. At least, at least you have that. Okay, people would have already seen this one, so. Right. Right. <laughs> no, no, that was key, and and yeah. we were trying at the time. I was in deep talks with uh, with CBS to pop Survivor. Oh. And to me, that was the goal because Survivor had come out. Richard oh, Hatch had won great. the million. It was now two years later. And if you'd seen that season, great. And Survivor was still going on. But they never showed Survivor in reruns. They never showed reality shows oh, in yeah, reruns. Of they wouldn't because once the gig was up and you knew Richard Hatch won, won the million bucks, they're not going to show it six months later mm -hmm. like they usually do with most shows like sitcoms so to me it was like the perfect device that that was real so it had real information about real people who we could research the shit out of yeah and we could repop that in late night mm -hmm. every six months and tell you richard hatch now you know here's another update oh, of what sure, he did yeah. with the million dollars oh yeah i remember yeah, yeah so we that was my big thing was like let's go after the biggest shows and make it uh make it a windfall for uh, the producers and for the network to say, oh, we finally found a way to replay these shows, mm -hmm. but don't go after sitcoms. Uh -huh. And yeah. no matter, I mean, sitcoms are very hard. And that's why, um, thankfully, to me, these it's not a great reflection of our work. Mm -hmm. And uh, and shows like News Radio only did it once. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, I, I, I think you guys, uh, I think you did a pretty good balance on it just re-watching this, this episode with the pop-ups because... Granted, it is you know sometimes it's hard to to catch some of the jokes and stuff, but you popped them up in the right spot where it didn't usually it didn't interrupt something. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. well done, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. What's funny is there, there are bits bits that you end up hearing later on when the show's finally released on DVD. There's some stuff that they the writers and people that you talk to or whoever. You, actually, that's what I want to ask you. Who oh, yeah. did, do you know who you talked to to research it? I remember we talked to Phil. Mm -hmm. Um and. I know we talked to uh, a couple of the writers, mm -hmm. and uh, I think Lovitz was available to us, mm -hmm. um, and maybe Dave Foley. I'm trying to remember because we put it, it happened at the height of pop up, and we mm -hmm. were doing um, ten shows at the same time oh, with wow. these teams, and oh, I had to pull. Good guys off of a show to do this thing and it was like a we were we negotiated ourselves it was outside of viacom and i had to pay these guys so um i was not uh i remember being involved in some of the early phone calls and that they kept trying to write it for us <laughs> okay and okay. they said well this is you know it became this thing which it usually is like we know the show better than you do sure. why would we <laughs> submit ourselves to an interview with you guys to pull out information we know mm -hmm. what do you guys think uh, we can't fucking write the pop-ups <laughs> and it became this thing like oh it's not that it's not that it's just we've been doing it for a long time mm -hmm. and it's a timing thing mm -hmm. it's more about timing and the, what people can tolerate <laughs> and how and and you'll see there's like this balance of how long a pop stays on the screen and and this kind of idiot test of can you read it one and a half times? Mm -hmm. And I get that. 
it's gotta mm-hmm. get and where it's placed and how off like you got to give people a break yeah. so there needs to be little pauses but you got to remind people that you're still on because there's no indication that the if you just yeah. turn the channel and you watch this thing you think oh no. yeah. so you need something at least every 30 seconds there's all these like things that we go through mm-hmm. to try to figure out how to just make it it's supposed to be an enhancement yeah it's not supposed to be a, right. a, a chore mm-hmm. so often when people would take it from us or try to take it from us or rip us off <laughs> they'd write like a four line line pop in a paragraph yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, i'm done i'm nope. done don't make yeah. me do that <laughs> and so that was our fear is that it's going to take you guys four passes at it to mm-hmm. get it if you just if we know where the moments are mm-hmm. we've already identified those and we're just going to ask you very pointed questions that may seem stupid like a hot dog cart mm-hmm. um but it's kind of interesting yeah. Uh, kind yeah. of interesting. It's not going to blow your mind. Right. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And they were always tr- and they were trying to do beat beat joke beat beat joke. Sure. We, we don't. We don't. Do, I guess you could do jokes on top of your jokes, but I think it would be better for you guys if you just give it to us and you guys say we didn't. If it sucks, then you can say you didn't do it. Yeah. If it's mm-hmm. great. It's your show. You're going to take credit for it. Mm-hmm. So we're never going to get credit for this unless it really sucks and then you're going to kill us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, and I don't think any complaint has yet come up about it. Have we talked to anybody in detail about this? I think we should at some point. I don't. I'm I half don't tempted to call Paul Sims you should call right, Paul now Sims right now. And Pop ask him on. Let's have him bring him back right now. <laughs> Give him a call. Uh, <laughs> P.S. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, just because these sitcoms and they are so tricky has there ever been a, have you just been like after one you're like i'm never doing this again and then you get the call again you're like son of a bitch i gotta do this again like <laughs> yeah yeah we uh, in 98 uh it was like the height of pop-up and mm-hmm. we went on oprah uh three times uh-huh. and she was unbelievably controlling as to what we could Ooh. say. I, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> what we were going to do, what we were going to say, how we were going to talk about the guests. And there's really, uh. like, on a, on a on a talk show, there's almost, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about the behind the scenes. Oprah's in hair and makeup. She goes out 15 minutes before and she interviews somebody. So we were desperately trying to find stories and tell stories about her guests. And we basically did these kind of best of montages of, best of clip there's always best of and we kept saying it doesn't need to be the best the best it's like um somebody asked us to do like michael jordan clips back in the day Mm -hmm. like no jordan fan wants to see wants to read over him (laughs) flying through the air Mm -hmm. if you have a shot of him for 10 minutes sitting on the bench yeah we can tell the whole michael jordan story and then never interrupt the play that you actually that is the porn yeah we're not popping over porn (laughs) nobody want everybody we want to be in the downtime we want to be in the foreplay and we want to be in the aftermath because we want to set up the sex to make you enjoy it more without us being in bed with you, and then in the <laughs> aftermath, we want to say, "Remember what we told you? Was <laughs> that great or what?" And so that was always the problem: is that Oprah and all these people would come to us and say, "Oh my God, we've got this incredible clip that blew up on our show, mm-hmm. and it was this unbelievable interview." Or Tom Cruise came on, he did something. Oh, we want you to pop that. I'm like, well, I don't know. I like it's not your. That's weird. It's yeah. not going to satisfy you. Mm-hmm. So that was always <laughs> the issue with it. It's a tricky. It's a very tricky device uh, because it is so subtle. Mm -hmm. And I think in its first 
uh, when it first came out, it was so surprising and so different and so simple yeah. and so kind of childlike that it got a huge <laughs> buzz. Everybody talked about it. Everybody had seen it. Have you seen it? Have For you seen sure, it? yeah. And then that was kind of... And then if you really dug into it, it's not... It's your reading. It's a hard <laughs> thing to sit around and have like a pop-up screening. We would always have pop-up screenings and... And it was a weird room because people were reading at different speeds. Uh-huh, people no. were getting different jokes. And so it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like watching a movie or something together where you could all participate in it. Yeah. And it's, a, it's like like being in a library and everybody like. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just picturing turning to the guy. Hey, why are you laughing? Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got that last one. Is it? It's got to be an odd thing to be like. This is the thing that kind of made me or really got me into the fucking industry heavy, and it's also a thing that I can easily sit and be like, "This is a weird fucking thing that I do." Yeah. Like, and you still do, do you, have you come back to it? Alan was saying I didn't realize it had come back in like eleven and twelve. Have you redone it since? Yes, we did it uh, again in eleven and twelve as what was supposed to be now an internet friendly 2.0 version oh, and sure. we mm-hmm. were saying let's come back and and do it in a much slicker kind of overlay that could potentially be a digital play where you could click through these pops oh, sure. and you could go to different articles and clips and they were like no no we're trying to do this retro block we're desperate for ratings uh mm-hmm. pop up People still love Pop Up. Let's just do 60 episodes. Do it the exact same way you did it, and we will make the pops 3D. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that was fine. Um, it wasn't as interesting for me because I, I'm not nostalgic about uh, videos that came out in 2008. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And to me, music videos died in 92 <laughs> uh, when people started taking them seriously and the budgets got cut. And they were just no longer stories. Mm-hmm. They were they were you know Jack and Diane and those stories that you would uh, yeah. go through with these music videos and running home from school to see the new police video. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I don't yeah. You know, there's maybe I would maybe there's five videos a year that mm-hmm. come out yeah. that people actually talk about and say, "Have you seen it?" Right. Um, so it wasn't as as exciting for us. Uh, but it did come back and uh and i you know in terms of a career it has been a strange career for me mm-hmm. because i am technically a an executive producer of a hit tv series mm-hmm. that was on the air for 7 years but when you really scratch the surface of what i was doing i had no actors mm-hmm. i had no hosts mm. i had no script i had no <laughs> studio um, we didn't edit. We had a couple graphics people who, who made the graphics and put it on top of other people's work. Mm-hmm. So when people call and they're like, oh, you'd be great to do like, you know, Big Brother or something. I'm like, okay. And I'll go in <laughs> and then I'll, it's kind of like, I would love, yeah, I get it. I get sure. the genre. I'm a TV producer. I get yeah. TV, but I'm, it's not really my skill set. Yeah, and I, I don't, <laughs> so I, I, we, I've, you know, I've had a career doing a ton of news and information and infotainment when the internet came along. Um, it was natural. People came out of the woodwork to come to me because I had, uh, somehow created what they, they thought was an interactive art form mm-hmm. and was short. So if music videos are, are three to five minutes, I understand. I understood short form, I understood news and information, and I understood how to take something 
that worked in one genre and and make it for another and even mm. for a different audience and with the tone of the writing and how you ramp up or down the comedy the information even what you're popping on top of you can gear that episode to different people to people who grew up in the 80s people who grew up in the 90s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and so it it set me up to be the short form infotainment guy at AOL, Yahoo, MSN, Google. Um, So I have spent the last 15 years um, mostly doing that. I do do TV shows and we do TV shows and we do um, shows for travel and shows for Nat Geo, but most of what I do is, you know, short form news and information, which makes sense from pop-up and and research. Um, And, you know, trying to find in an age of of oversaturation of news and information, how do you find, how do you create your own information by taking information that's available? And then what what I think we did pretty well was combining um, two facts to make it funny. So you grew up in this place at this time, and that seems like a non- that doesn't seem like an interesting fact, but when we tell you that Hot for Teacher was shot at your high school mm-hmm. um, <laughs> at the same time, the, uh, your junior year, <laughs> suddenly makes that non, that mm. stupid fact into an interesting pop culture fact. Yeah. yeah. And we could do that by combining facts, that if that makes sense. No, that does yeah. make sense. Do you, okay, so let's go back. I should have prepared you a little bit for this, only because it's a show about news radio. So I want to make sure I actually ask you, do you have a favorite episode of news radio? Ooh. Of course, mine. Yeah, of course. Right, of course, right. of course. Yeah, which I've seen twice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I, uh, uh, I wish I, I wish I had one that I could actually point to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I didn't want. I, I maybe saw it um, sporadically. I hate to say mm-hmm. it in this room. Um, no, it's but, okay. Uh, no, I can't point to a single episode, but I did. <laughs> I did love the show. Yeah. Do you uh, go, do you remember? Because you say you talked to Phil. Like, yeah. Do you remember any of that conversation? Were you like excited? Were you nervous at all to talk to Phil? I was a little nervous because, um, uh, like anything, you know, there's a pecking order in TV, mm-hmm. and we were cable. And uh. he's, <laughs> he, n- they never have time. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. Yeah, Phil in the line. It's, it, you never talk to Phil. It's, it's always uh, put John Hold. Phil's uh, let me get Phil, and then you wait for ten minutes, and they put Phil on, and they're like, and then they launch right into what they need from you. Oh and, wow! Yeah, you know, it's you always that say, kind of stuff where you just feel like, like <laughs> it's not two guys having beers and saying, uh, "God, I love your stuff." Right. Um. It's and they're running a machine. They've got fifty people, hundred people. Who knows? They've got mm-hmm. deadlines. They've got networks mm-hmm. and. It's me and my writers in a lounge. Half the guys are smoking pot, and there's a case of beer, and we are just flipping through Uncle John's bathroom reader, which has unbelievable facts, and throwing them out. And like that's the way we operated. Mm-hmm. So we were always like, "Oh God, we, you know, an Oprah." Like they weren't having it. We were yeah. too, we were too loose, too casual. We were just kind of like. Yeah, let us figure it out, and and we'll we'll send you a cut. And they they had deadlines, and they want to know what we want to do. Mm. I remember them being respectful of what we were doing. They they were, as everyone uh, would say, we we're big fans. We were big fans, mm-hmm. and so we returned it as big fans. And 
and then they gave us minimal access mm. to the right people. And I think uh, what they and most people didn't understand is that they thought that we wanted to sit down with Phil and with John and and actually do do an interview, which would have to go through a publicist, which would have to, mm-hmm. and oh, they were yeah. basically trying to dissuade us from doing that. And we kept saying, no, 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 we want to talk to that hair and makeup person. Or the, and no one had ever asked to speak to those people. Mm-hmm. And that made them, weir- that freaked them out. Because they're like, because they know those people hold secrets. <laughs> yeah. And they don't, but they have, no one's ever asked. Like, why yeah. would you talk to a hair and makeup person right. on a sitcom? It didn't make sense to them. And as much as we try to explain our process, and that it was just kind of getting people who had nothing to lose, that scared them. Yeah, I'm. I'm always wondering if they go up to the after you ask about that the, the the hair person. If they go up to the hair person after, just like, what do you know? What are you telling people? Like, what are you, seriously, <laughs> what are your secrets? So true. Yeah, it wasn't in the days of podcasts where like You're telling them about that ward on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> that was between you and me. <laughs> now it's all out there because the podcast, like, legit. I mean, you know, we'll get crew people on this show. Like, I don't oh, give yeah. a shit. You know, I'll, but and people are willing to sit down for an hour and a half and tell you everything they know. Yes, where I get that. Like, of course, that's when the show's still. It on was the still, air. yeah, yeah, it's a little more probably more protective there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny did you uh, i know we both like i literally sat and typed every pop-up but then oh, that did. yes i did but oh, then alan God. i think smartly picked a few <laughs> so he, he decided to to actually write down a few that were uh maybe stood out i don't know if, if there are any particular you i mean yeah oh uh what did you guys think i mean you you've seen every episode mm-hmm. uh, yeah and is it was it an enhancement was it annoying did you learn anything no no i think i learned i i, I think as long as you watch the episode like prior, just yes. when it like aired yes. the first time, which I think was great because I I do this was one episode I remember watching when it first came out because uh, uh, with the pop up was actually on April Fool's Day and I think that's the perfect day to show something with a pop up video for, for sure. a sitcom. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually really enjoyed this and I I thought, like I said, I thought you said it was very it was tricky. But it was also a pretty good balance of not like running over the jokes, right? On the actual sitcom, mm-hmm. and you somehow, at least in that opening, you you were able to, you still found a way to do the 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 three beats comedy. Like you had pop, and then something happened in the show, and then pop. Some it was just like a informational fact, and then something else happened in the show, and then pop with a joke. And you're like, okay, this is working very nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, but, especially yeah. all the jokes about my favorite. There is a really solid bit because you do mention uh, there's an episode called Injury, which mm. uh, was postponed to be aired because they said the word penis so many times. But you oh. you mentioned you just say a part of the anatomy is mentioned, and then of course Andy Dick walks on screen and you just pop up a dick. That's that's what you're solid joke. Like I mean, it's yeah. a solid bit. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. no other way to do yeah. that, and I think it's pretty good. Also, I didn't even realize until it was in this that Andy Dick is not in this episode except He's for like one two, second. Yeah, one, yeah. yeah for <laughs> like one, one second. Gag. Why I never noticed? Maybe because Andy Dick's annoying. I just never noticed that he was not in it, which is so weird. You would think I would pay attention. Well, to that. he still had a good physical gag, though. At least, I, yes, it, uh, it's got to. Was gonna, oh yeah, and it, it said that it said that Andy Dick was like disappointed that he didn't have more screen time. Now, did you find out uh, from someone, or you just kind of assumed on that one? No, I believe everyone was willing to talk about Andy Dick. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do one guy. That that uh-huh. If there was one person on the cast, they <laughs> like ask us anything you want. Yeah. It was he was fair game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
as he still is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, that's I, true. I have to ask this, because uh, uh, when I first moved out here, I, I did some of this non-union. Mm-hmm. Uh, it said extras are paid $86 a day. I'm guessing was that union uh, uh, extras back in the day? Oh, it had to be union. It had to be right? union, right? Union. Yeah, because yeah. minimum wage Otherwise, it was... really went down. <laughs> yeah, right. We did the math. The minimum wage was about four fifty in 1995 yeah. or six, which is... I mean, even then, that sounds miserable. But yeah, yeah so that's what that's minimum thirty four dollars a day for for oh my ooh, fucking ooh. god, you Why poor you bastards! Yeah, right. <laughs> Holy shit! Again, I've done it. I've done hundreds. You of and those I both did when we first moved out. Oh here, right? boy, Never. it's it's the worst and the best at the same time. Uh, but you know, like I love being on set, but yeah. being paid nothing is not fun. Uh, I know. But to get when... to see the machine, it is fun to get to see. I mean, that was uh, for me as an assistant art director on music videos mm-hmm. and understand it. it'll change the way you watch music videos. It'll mm-hmm. change the way you watch anything um, forever. If you actually have to sit on the set of a movie, which is the most boring place yep. on the planet yep. uh, and understand who holds the power and where uh, like the dynamic of and and there is you, know, you have a lot more respect for actors, especially in movies, is seeing them play scenes over and over and over for again sure. with 125 people sitting around looking at their phones, uh, watching them yeah. say this line, and the balls of a director to say that's not good enough. I'm going to make <laughs> all of you mm-hmm. miss lunch mm-hmm. because there's three words that it's just not tonally they're all right let's huddle up and you're like are you fucking kidding me this is so expensive how do you have the balls to do that anyway that's no, perfect uh, i was gonna, yeah, no, well, yeah no i was gonna i forgot my question so it's kind of uh it's the we've had a few people on here in the past that uh were talking about how they were trying to digitally edit out an extra which i guess it was this episode they were referring to <laughs> They wouldn't like specifically say who yeah, it was. Yeah, they wouldn't tell us, and then yeah. they must have forgotten that somebody already told everybody. Well, so yeah, somebody already told. TV. They mentioned it on the commentary too, so I yeah. don't understand. But yeah, and then yeah. The, you you pointed out who it was, and you're watching like, yeah, that guy is really distracting. Like, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just <laughs> like he's just like walking, just very slow. Like it's he just threw so... something at some point. What too. did I miss? There's like, there's of... extra in the background that yeah. Like, in, in like in like the middle of the shot, like he's not just far away, super something. in the background. He's like, uh huh. I mean, there's a layer, there's glass, but yeah. it's like, what are you doing? That, that's gold for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Anything off the main characters, mm-hmm. anything that you didn't want, didn't see, as, especially in music videos, you've watched beat it a hundred times, yep. and mm-hmm. you never looked at. That gang member in the back who's mm-hmm. picking his nose. <laughs> and when we point out, you can't watch Beat It <laughs> again uh, the same way. So those kinds of moments are like, yeah. oh, God, oh, God. Thank you for that. Well, specifically, too, there's, there's a, that's actually one of the better jokes that you guys did, too, which is they the pop-up is, and we've heard this before, that uh, they tried to, they wanted to digitally erase him, but it would have cost 10 grand, you know, in 1996 money. <laughs> and, and, and so you guys then decide... But then you guys decide to just put a red X over his face as he walks by, which I thought, it's a solid bit. It's also a solid joke. Uh, it's good. It's All you gotta do is pop... Man, ah, uh, can, can you say how much an episode costs to make at that point of the show? I'm curious. Um, sure. Uh, the regular... Um... Our Papa Video show never, sadly, uh, cost more than $50,000 an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So we were basically, at that point, 
they wanted us to get as many videos, many shows done as possible. So we kind sure. of came up with an agreement of whether it's four videos or five videos, or you want to do a, an hour long, whatever. Let's just call it ten thousand dollars a video. Okay, and nice so. It got a little different when we were doing, we did the Fashion Awards mm-hmm. and we did some of their other shows and those were, but nothing, I mean, in TV terms, that is absolutely nothing. Yeah, even mm-hmm. then, right, yeah. That's interesting. So they had their, their number one show, because Behind the Music, which came out after, a year and a half after Pop-Up premiered, and we like to think that, um, that Pop-Up Video tonally paved the way for VH1 to be able to tell those stories. And they were telling the drug addiction stories. They were telling mm-hmm. the karma chameleon gay sex stories mm-hmm. only because pop-up a year and a half earlier allowed the channel to be able to be not only a, a place where artists could come to perform, but mm-hmm. they could sure. also tell their stories. Yeah. And it, we this is a truth-telling. And Behind the Music became a massive hit yeah. for them. I, I feel like a little bit on the back of us, but those were... $500,000 an episode shows. Yeah, so yeah. 10 episodes of our show to make one of those. Right. And we were, you know, at the same rating point. So we were, you know, they, they it was an interesting relationship with us in VH1. As I said, we were kind of in this bubble that, that they, they loved our snark, but they were scared of it. But they knew that the audience, the only reason it was getting attention was because it felt dangerous. Mm-hmm. And how dangerous can a show be that's text on top? Like, it's <laughs> Is it really that dangerous? But it, they treated it like uh, we were in this war room in the middle of Viacom mm-hmm. and they didn't know what to do with us. They bred it. They created it. And they were scared of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when opportunities from other networks, non-Viacom non networks, mm-hmm. came to use a VH1 property. I mean, it's like every network uh, absolutely drools over themselves to be mentioned on Saturday Night Live. To mm-hmm. have a Saturday Night Live sketch yeah. that parodies your show, especially in cable, yeah. it means you have arrived, you know, Property Brothers, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. you're big enough in the zeitgeist for people to recognize a show on HGTV on Saturday Night, excuse me, on Saturday Night Live. So VH1 was getting called by Oprah, the Today Show, mm-hmm. News Radio, and they were just like, we fucking hate this show <laughs> and it is destroying all of our careers, but we have never had something that defines a network before mm-hmm. and this is that show and these two guys control it yeah. and that drove them crazy. And we, you know, we didn't make much money. Uh, you know, we made 10% a production deal is a 10% off the budget. Mm-hmm. So wow. the only Fuck. way we made money was volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we were making a thousand dollars a video mm-hmm. and spending six weeks researching them and right. writing them. Yeah. Like, there's not enough money to be made unless mm-hmm. we have an army of people mm-hmm. cranking these things out. So it was, you know, uh, again, it was a fantastic way my first show mm-hmm. uh, to be introduced to the world of production and to have a reputation, but I didn't make much money off it. Do you remember, was it the actual show staff who contacted you or was it NBC? Because it doesn't feel like NBC would have had the foresight to do that themselves. It was the show staff. Okay, uh, okay. I... It was because NBC famously dicked the show over, and you actually mentioned it in the pop-ups, which I thought was cool. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. There was, I think, to their credit, they called us and said, um, "We think you guys are 
dangerous mm-hmm. to your network mm-hmm. and we want to be dangerous to our network. <laughs> so our little trick for April Fool's is that, and you feel like it was a dig to NBC that mm-hmm. we want you guys to come in and fuck with our show. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh God, I like okay, that. Okay. Yeah. So that's a great sitcom for us to align ourselves with. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I do remember that now. Well, that... I'm I'm more annoyed that it's not on the DVDs then, because there was always a rumor that it might end up on the DVDs. Because if that's a, technically a property of NBC, why the fuck couldn't they put it on? That's what I was gonna wonder. Or, about it's Sony. a rights thing because because <sighs> Viacom owns. It's really problem. so you, you think have it's to it? okay. get Viacom to allow you uh-huh. to oh. allow Viacom NBC to take their property. Yep. Which is ultimately why. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we we got in huge fights with Viacom mm-hmm. because they were restricting where we could go with this thing, and yet they were allowing people to rip us off. So Weird. I don't know if you remember, Weird. but you know there were like McDonald's ads, and there was oh, uh, sure, sure, sure. There was uh, like every every sitcom was doing it. it, it Sometimes mm-hmm. in sections, not mm-hmm. in the whole show. Mm-hmm. They, were, they would like go into a dream sequence and then they do pop up. And, oh, okay, yeah. And we just kept saying to Viacom, like, if you allow one person to rip it off, you allow McDonald's and Lexus to do it on their own mm-hmm. and rip it off, then you have no control over it. And we don't make any money off it. And you might as well just give them the graphics and no, let them do I it know. themselves. And then you're going to destroy this thing. And they were like, but we want, we don't want to piss off McDonald's. We oh want McDonald's. God. Why would we? It's a, it's a parody, but it's a compliment. And <sighs> yes, but you own this thing. You got to so think of weird. these as characters. Mm-hmm. We are creating characters like on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. and each bubble and its identified icon is a character that you own. Don't let other people use those characters. It's so weird. And they just could. They just never respected the fact that. We were something that was, for better or worse, defining their network. Right. And let us go in and be that virus that mm-hmm. takes over your entire archives. Like, why yeah. aren't we doing every season of Real World? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we doing every yeah. season? Like, let us go into MTV. Let us go into Showtime. Let us mm-hmm. go into Nickelodeon. We can bring... All, TV Land, are you kidding me? Oh, sure. Like, why aren't amazing, we on actually. every episode of every show that you guys license and own? Mm-hmm. And we ended up doing it. We did um, 20 episodes of Brady Bunch, which oh, wow. were pretty fun. Oh, wow. That's fun. Um, those are really good because uh, the pacing is so slow yeah. on those shows that there's a moment. And they'll let people walk in, in and out of a room and uh-huh, follow them uh-huh. with music. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> and cool. the thing is, Viacom are well known for being intellectual property Nazis. So the idea yes. that they wouldn't be so, like, holding on to that with their lives. Right. Well, uh, that's so weird. I don't understand the logic of uh, their parroting you because you technically i mean you guys are really just satire they're just reusing your satire as opposed to the actual parodying so i can't i don't yeah yeah that's weird yeah (laughs) i do want to thank uh one of our fans i didn't know this existed until one of our fans emailed us uh his name is bob he wants to go only by bob so bob thank you for telling us about it Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send my guys on that. <laughs> and thank you for sending us the digitized version version of this, which you can't fucking find anywhere because I did. We wouldn't have been able to see it. I, yeah, I, anymore, I right? only got to see it when it aired in 1998. That's the only. I time didn't even I... know it existed. <laughs> I love so much that that he found it and sent it to us. Uh, I, okay, so thank you to Bob. Um, oh, and can somebody do a pop noise? Because I do have one fact that people don't know. Bloop. Okay. 
There we go. Uh, Amy Mann is a fan of news radio. So I uh, found that out recently. Yeah. So, uh, and Amy, you're welcome on the show, please. I love the idea. She is a comedy lady, but I, I love the idea that Amy Mann could come on here and with her, you know, her soft, her sotto voce sort of thing, talk about news radio would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So Amy, you're welcome on here. Um, Bloop, Woody. now give me some info on her albums. Oh, yeah, there you go. I, You want me to give some info about an Amy right Mann now, album? Do Thanks do so it. much. Yeah, uh, uh, She, she <laughs> covered one is the loneliest number for the show Ma for the movie Magnolia. Is oh, that, yeah. that good? There. Well done, well Don't done. Don't ask me any fucking thing else. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, Woody, this has been super fun. Thank you yeah, for doing thank it. Thank you so thank much you guys for digging it. this up. My yeah, God. of course. Uh, <laughs> thank this... you for uh, doing a pop-up video for News Radio. Yeah, <laughs> for serious. I, yeah. Now, fun. did they do any other stunts with any other... Did they have... They had stunt episodes in that they had really silly plots for like, something. Really like, right. End of this season was a space episode took place in space okay yeah. and of the next season took place in titanic on the titanic yep. okay uh so they did do that every once in a while and those stand out they didn't do a backwards episode nothing like a... that but they were doing this shit before a lot of other sitcoms like yeah. this just fuck this we're throwing everything out they the window paved, today they paved the way for some of this yeah si the silly stuff that some other shows like after. community well, and shit like yeah they all i mean and the yeah, surrealness stuff. like like while being kind of a serious well like could potentially be a serious subject as a workplace like yeah they're just like but what if it was in space let's see what would happen right like and the well, also like we've also mentioned like the the show would reference like star wars uh pop culture before anybody mm -hmm. really else did right yeah it's true then like, they stopped doing it when everybody else started yeah, doing like, it too. oh no we like, were only doing it because <laughs> it's a nerd thing yeah. uh-huh <laughs> Yeah, it is ahead of its time, that show. Could and it come back? I mean, with all of... Ooh. I just heard Mad About You's coming back. Uh, well, the only I mean, thing is, is uh, like when we talked to all the uh, yeah the, the writers and even Paul Sims, like, it just, it's it's if tough without around. Phil. Like, we love season five, but they, they, they all say that it was just, it was so much harder in season five to get it going. Yeah. 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 I would love to that see it sense. though. I would, I would sign love... on, and Alan and, and and Jen and I all want to be background actors when that happens. But <laughs> what, what we're pushing more now for is an actual fucking HD version of that show, which doesn't exist. There are HD uh, versions of so film. many sitcoms, so we want HD Blu-ray. Something would be really nice, and then fucking Viacom, just let them put the pop-up version on it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's fun. It's a fun. Could do a new pop up. Okay, that's like, our pitch. We'll do an HD pop up. I like your thing. Oh, yeah, yes. see, of course you do. See, <laughs> this is a man with business smarts. Um, so, this is not going to come out, I apologize, for several friggin' weeks. But where can people find you online if you want them to? And is there anything coming out in like a few months or anything that you want people to watch or go back and watch? Sure, that's interesting. Um, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, please. Thank and you. Bringing us back. I've never spoken to anybody about news radio before. Um, so that was uh, a thrill. Two is I have this company called iBoogie. Mm -hmm. So when I made the show with Tad, um, our company was Spin the Bottle. Mm -hmm. And then he and I broke up in uh, 2000 in New York and I started a company called iBoogie. We did the 2011 2012 version. Um, so you can Very look cool. at my company at iBoogie.com, E Y E Boogie. Um, and we are, we're doing a Holmes on Holmes episode for HGTV, mm -hmm. uh, which comes out in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, and we um, we have a Bigfoot show on uh, Travel Channel Holy that shit. is uh, coming out this summer. That's the world's greatest taxidermist who builds mythical beasts. Oh, my God. Wow. Finds them. <laughs> okay, uh, I just signed on for this already. Great. That's, this I love. <laughs> 
Uh, and that is, uh, that's what I'm doing. It's weird when you just said Holmes, only because you remind me so much of Dave Holmes. I don't know oh, if Dave anybody's Holmes. ever said that. I love Dave Holmes. Yeah, yeah you rem I've interviewed him before, and it's just weird this whole time. All I can think is, uh, remember, he's not Dave Holmes. As you, as oh, you It's very funny. Um, do you, Jen, what do you want to promote? Jen always is the one who selflessly oh, yeah, promotes wonderful things. Oh, yeah, no pressure. Yeah, come on. Um, Hit us with it. One of us can do something before if you want to think about it. Hey, find something to celebrate in your lives. And if you can't think of anything, help a friend do it. I love it. Always always makes wow. me feel like an asshole. Wow, it just yeah, took all just, the snark just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. out of this interview. She's so good at that. It's and when, phenomenal. <laughs> honest. Okay. Alan. Uh, well, I'm going to go the selfish route. You can find me at uh, for all your acting needs at alanrickert.com, A-L-L-E-N-R-U-E-C-K-E-R-T. Uh, got a rave review from Paul Sims on that mm -hmm. when he found out what the site was actually about. Uh, <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter. Uh, same thing, Alan Rickert, A-L-L-E-N-R-U-E-C-K-E-R-T. <laughs> same thing on Instagram and Facebook. Easy enough. Jason, uh, what do you got to promote? Thanks so much, Alan, for asking. Uh, I'm the idiot who's got a different name everywhere on Twitter, jklom, J-K-L-A-M-M. On Instagram, Jason Klom. I'm never there. On Facebook, it's Jason Klom. Um, and you know what? See, Alan and I... Uh, Oh, you will have missed it because it's possible we'll actually have a show in March. Yeah, it may, may have happened or may not. Uh, we're in a monthly show called A Drinking Game, sort of monthly. Oh. Uh, we do uh, drunk stage readings. We drink. The audience drinks. It's a ton of fun. Alan and I are professional drinkers. That's and, right. And actors, I guess, too. <laughs> well, we well. go off the cuff a lot. Exactly. Go to adrinkinggame.com. Follow A Drinking Game on Facebook. That is about it. Woody, again, thank you for coming. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, we should do, you should do a pop-up of this later. Yeah, you really I should. Think. Consider I will. that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the we need audio pop-up. A little noise. Just a noise yeah, just hear every the few blue. seconds. Yes. Nothing else. There's <laughs> <laughs> some information here. Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. One other thing to say, and that is, catch, catch you later, B-Cakes. Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Alan Rickard, Jason Klom, and Jen, who lives on the ether. Our theme song was composed and performed by Michael Warden. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com. Subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio, or find everything in one place at WNYXNewsRadio.com. Thanks, Joe. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15 plus years. Big day today, Dave. <laughs>